Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God with liberty for some and justice for others. No, with liberty and justice for some. Uh, you know, those of us who have chosen not to take an experimental poke in the arm uh, may soon not have liberty, may soon have to uh, succumb to uh, segregation, discrimination, um, things that uh, Democrats usually don't care for, supposedly, at least that's what they say, and yet everything they do is based on discrimination. Everything they do is based on segregation. Everything they do is based on separating people and dividing people. And frankly, it's evil in nature. It's from the pit of hell. It's from the side of the equation that works against God's truth and against God's wisdom and against fear of the Lord. Because uh, you have to have fear of God in order to even begin having any wisdom. And when you don't, you're going to go astray, period. And you're going to put your faith and trust in things that don't make sense, like the religion of evolution or religion of other things, secular humanism. And when you live in these big cities and you get sucked into a concrete jungle like that, it uh, I think it affects people. And then when you go into D.C., it's just amplified. Um, when you get around, people are, are more concerned most often with what other people think instead of what God thinks. And that's what leads men astray. Now, you know, I would think 90-some percent of the time when I got in trouble when I was a kid uh, it was because I was enticed to do so by others or um, went along with others doing something that they shouldn't have been doing or uh, something of that nature. And, you know, things don't trend toward good. You know, we're going to look at a passage today that I think speaks to that in Genesis chapter 8. And we just, we have to accept that. We have to accept that people are inherently evil in nature at this point because of Adam's sin, because of the way things have prom propagated uh, over time. And yet God still loves us. God cares for us. It's like, you know, when your children do bad things, you don't stop loving them. You don't stop caring for them. And you don't stop wanting the best for them. And, you know, in their own minds, they may not know what's best for them. When in fact you do a lot of the time. And that's our relationship with God. God always knows what's best for us. He's laid it out in the Bible. And that's, uh, you know, it's a religion. That's what we offer. That's what we talk about. That's what we project is that there are people following two tracks. One, following the word of God, trying to implement in their own lives what the word of God teaches, what it uh, encourages and uh, asks you to do, commands, Jesus said. And then there's fill in the blank. There's this other track that people are on where they fill that blank in, that desire to worship that we're inherently ingrained with by creation um, to something else. We worship ourselves. We worship other things, other people. You know, you look at the entertainment industry and I'll never figure out why uh, people make so much money to act like other people or act like somebody else. And it just, it boggles my mind or to play games, to play football, to play baseball, to play basketball. And yet people worship at the uh, the altar of that. I used to be one. I used to get mad at church on Sundays because the preacher was going long and I couldn't be home in time for kickoff. And so, you know, it's 
we need to have compassion for people uh, in that sense. We need to care for others. You know, I'll be the first to admit I've I've spent too much time complaining um, and not enough time praying and, and asking God to forgive folks and, and seeking out people just to talk with them. Say, hey, you know, have you ever even really thought about this? Have, you know, are you just going through this life blindly? Um, following what others have influenced you to do. And I think, you know, you look at the college campuses, that's what's going on. People, you know, young people especially get emotional about stuff. and They, they can be led astray very quickly and very easily because people will glean on to it just to be part of something, just to be part of a group that uh, others will support, right? <clears throat> and they don't realize the the biggest and best group out there is, is the true church, the church of Jesus Christ, the one who's... Uh, hell will not come against um, because he will be with those people who uh, profess his name. So anyway, we were going through Genesis as a start to the year. And I love doing it that way because Genesis is the book of beginnings. It's how everything started, how we got here. Uh, It's how things have progressed until this point. And again, I contrast the two things, the two visions of life. Um, And you have really one of two ways. Either God created everything and put us here for a purpose and a reason. And the Bible says he created us in his image to um, basically take control of and to have dominion over his creation, the rest of his creation. We were given that authority. And even though we fell into sin, I don't remember anywhere it says that he took that authority away. Um, and he's there to help us in that management and that taking of dominion of his creation. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, on the other side of that, you have random chance. There was some pool billions of years ago that magically life sprang from, though they can't tell you how. And that propagated into different forms, different species over time by random mutations, which we're seeing in in this wonderful supposed pandemic that we're in, even though that's a bunch of fake news too. Um, I miss that term, fake news. Let's see, Genesis chapter 8. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. And the fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained and the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of 150 days, the waters were abated and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Again, I appeal to those from a logical standpoint. The Bible is very accurate about things. It's very specific. It's saying here the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of, you know, the seventh month and the 17th day. And those who put their faith and trust in evolution have to hear things like, well, between 700 million and 800 million years ago, not even blinking an eye that that's, that's a hundred million years. That's a bit of a gap there, buddy. I, you're not being real accurate with that. And yet we have a eyewitness account, someone who was there specifically speaking to the fact that yes, this happened. And somehow the Bible is the one that's a story. I laugh at that. Um, And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. And the 10th month on the first day of the month were the tops of the mountain seen. 
And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. And he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. And But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. And then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her into him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark, and the dove came in to him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf, plucked off. So no one knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year, in the first month, in the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. <coughs> Excuse me. And in the second month, on the seventh, seven and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons, and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth, and that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now remember, they had seven of those. Uh, and within a year, I don't know, some of them might have multiplied by then. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more living thing uh, as I have done. And so right there, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. We are inherently evil, people. You cannot get away from that. You can't hide from it. We're not basically good. You know, that's a false religion. Even within Christianity, there are groups that think men are basically good and that somehow we can earn our way to heaven. And if I'm just more good than I am bad, then God's going to accept me. And that's not that's not the story. That's not the the method. That's not the truth. And I think, I think that's another line from the pit of hell. There's, it has nothing to do with what we're able to do on our own. That's what God did for us already. I mean, right here is an example of him providing the ark, providing the means for Noah to be saved, him and his family, and to continue on. And so Jesus, again, was, you know, an example of that. So were the Israelites coming out of Egypt, um, you know, the chosen ones. The chosen people are those who put their faith and trust in Christ. So while the earth remains, seed time, harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So we have that promise from him that, um, you know, if you read the Bible and put your trust and faith in that, you don't have to worry about climate change or uh, climate, uh, what are they, I don't know, it takes so many different forms. Climate warming, climate whatever, right? You got all these people, AOC and all these folks, oh, the, the world's going to end because we're going to destroy the climate. Well, we didn't make it, we're not going to break it. And God is, is stronger than we are. And again, those people are the ones that are putting faith and trust in things like evolution, secular humanism. They don't have faith in God. They don't understand Jesus Christ. They don't understand um, the truth of the Word of God. And we should be praying for them. We should be uh, trying to introduce them to the Word of God. And, uh, you know, I don't do that enough. I doubt 
too many believers do do that enough unless they're in the ministry full time and they act in that capacity. But God has called us all to uh, be ministers of the truth, to, to be ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Christ, in who he is. And Christ refers back to Genesis in the flood. So we can have great confidence that what the Bible says is true. And, you know, more the more archaeology spends time digging things up and looking at things, the more we realize there's no transitionary forms in the fossil record, which totally blows Darwin's theory out of the water, um, along with the fact that you have uh, male and female of every kind. Again, I would think would would throw that theory into oblivion because, you know, if we got here by evolving somehow, there's there's there was be no reason for a, or purpose for male and female because you should be able to promulgate the species uh, singularly. And, of course, the evolution is, well, yeah, but this species does, and there are a few that do that. Well, God designed them that way for whatever reason, and that's up to him. But the normal, it's just like uh, what Satan's trying to do in our society today. Normality has become um, the fringe, right? Um, a husband and wife with children is is being almost chastised or like, that's not not the only normal, right? They're trying to say that transvestitism and and two men getting married or two women getting married is normal. That's normal. It's just normal. It's not a big deal. What's what's the problem? Why do you have a problem with that? Well, the Bible doesn't say that's normal, and I would say that's abnormal. And I would say that people in that that take that course of action likely need some type of help. They have mental issues. It used to be that way. It used to be people who took a a turn like that um there's a problem there you know a man that wants to dress up like a woman there's a problem there i don't want to you know to me it doesn't make sense to coddle them you need to help them they need help because there's there's something within them that isn't right that isn't normal because it's not normal it's not normal for a man to want to dress like a gal i'm sorry and the bible is very clear about that so Let's take a look quickly at some of the news of the day. Uh, there's, you know, there's a what guy, Oscar winner Sidney Poitier died. So I hope he knew the Lord Jesus Christ before he left the planet and uh, put his faith and trust in them. And there's, yeah, uh, there's so much that's really not worthy. But I'll tell you, we, we're on this uh, Telegram channel. It's a guy, Il, Il Donaldo Trumpo. And uh, I just I love the guy's picture. And he's always posting some, some pretty cool stuff. But there's a picture that he put on here. And the caption reads, the whole world knows who's the real president. And you look at, Obama got 68 million votes. And you see all the people that turned out for Obama. Okay, and he won Florida, Ohio, and uh Iowa, and won 873 counties, okay? Think about that. And he won House seats when he came in. He had what's called coattails. So people voted for him and others. Biden supposedly had 81 million votes, but only in, uh, what was it, six or 509 counties. Look at that. 300 and almost 370, like 360-some counties less than by or than Obama, and yet got uh, twelve million more votes. 
Trump had 74 million votes. And get this, 2,479 counties. Did you get that? Which is the way we roll in this country, you know. When you look at the counties, if it was done by that, I, I don't think a Democrat would ever win because the only place they really win is in the big cities, which is where they're able to um, get people to circumvent the truth and people will start putting their faith and trust in things that they shouldn't. And so it's it's a pretty interesting picture and it's a sad state Um that we live in today with regard to that. I mean, that election was stolen. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And I'm hoping more and more people are going to realize what's going on with our election system, because if you can't have confidence in that, I mean, we're done. And the other day for Biden to stand up there and completely lie about the January 6th, uh, about Trump, I, I need to be praying for the man to, to get some conviction because there are some evil people behind what's going on in our country right now. Um, that are faithless, godless folks that, that want to turn us into China. And I, I'm telling you, I don't think any of us want that. Dem governor reveals almost half of the state's COVID hospitalizations are not what they seem. Imagine that. This whole thing, I think, from the get-go has been misinformation. You know, the, the Democrats come out and, and say, hey, you know, so-and-so's lying, which is exactly what they're doing about them. Or, hey, we've got 800 million kids are hospitalized with COVID and it's probably like 10 and the rest of them are hospitalized with other things, but that's what they do. They have to frame a narrative and they have to frame, you know, when, when people put their faith and trust in lies and, um, deception in order to maintain power or to get something that they want, um, they have to continually do that. There's, there's no end to that because it just, it piles up on top of each other. And if we had an honest media in this country, I, I think Joe Biden wouldn't be, for one, because they would have uh, stopped the election when he got hundreds of thousands of votes in, overnight in different places, just enough to, to get him over the top and help him win. Anyway, uh, he's doing a terrible job. He shouldn't be president anyway. Most of us, uh, at least those of us who voted for Trump, know that. And... Uh, um, it's kind of funny that Ted Cruz got got bounced the other day for things that he said. But we got to keep an eye on all this stuff. You know, that there's, again, going back to, to what people put their faith and trust in. Donald Trump isn't the savior, folks. He, uh, I think, spoke the truth most of the time. And he had a huge following. And that's what people... Uh, People loved him for the fact that he was doing what was necessary for this country um, to take it in a place that uh, it should have never left. And that's why he said making America great again. So anyway, hey, I'm going to go today. Got a lot to do. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend. Hope you have a nice weekend. Thanks for stopping by. And we will talk to you soon. Um, put your faith and trust where it belongs in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing, the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that He's done for my mama, for my friends, for your love that never ends, for the songs that make us dance on this old dirt floor. 
for my girl, for the way that changed my world. Waking up today, so I can have to say thank you, Lord. 